Hello everyone, welcome back to our continuing coverage of the Halo 4 campaign. This time we are going to be working on the fifth mission of the campaign and it is titled Reclaimer. And with me today, you know him, you love him, it is Grim Brother 1. Hello. Hello, welcome back. Man, it's good to be back. It's been a good while. Not yeah. too long, but... It's been a bad while, I haven't been here. Well, that too. <laughs> But it's 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 going pretty well. You are on for a very very, I think, tempo changing, game changing mission. I think for this campaign. So I think you are the perfect candidate for this level. Cool, man. So as for those of you who have paid attention to the campaign and have probably played through it multiple times, you know what this mission's about. You know this is kind of the beginning of the climax of Halo Four. And kind of the setting, the stepping stone for probably the rest of the trilogy to come. So this is a big one, and hopefully we won't hurt your brains too much talking about all the nice big lore topics that we have to cover in this one. Yeah, it's a lot. So let's start things off. We had just gotten through rescuing Infinity from being abducted or assimilated by the Didact. And now we're kind of pushing back against the foreigners and trying to figure out how to get out of Requiem. And so in order to do that, what uh, has happened is there's been a team of Spartans and Marines joined together called Gypsy Company, and they're being uh, sent out in a Pelican, and it contains Chief, Lasky, Palmer, and a few other Spartans and Marines. That, and that, we, that scene, too, is uh, fun. That was one of the first scenes they showed, like... Uh, in a lot of the media, um, you know, the media stuff leading up to the game's launch is you see that scene where Chief kind of turns around, does that awesome epic slow turn. And That's right, yeah. In fact, uh, that was like, man, how many, we, we kept talking about the, just that we, everybody would pause the trailer right then and trying to like, who are these, are these ODSTs? Are these Spartan 4s? I you remember know, that, the, that huge discussion. Who's this guy? Who's this guy? What is this dude doing here? You know, like it was very, uh, and it reminded me with them being in the Pelican, uh, it reminded me a lot of in Halo 3 when they're in the Pelican and, and it's Chief and all the ODSTs in there oh yeah the covenant um, level yeah and uh you know they're set set to land and i love that because you know it's set to land and you jump off and the odsts are with you and it, re it reminded me a lot it just kind of it's just another in the long line of great halo moment tributes it's it's like halo 4 was like halo greatest hits album you know like it kind of was know, it, it is like oh we need to have a a, a warthog uh, run okay. This uh, we need to have epic come upon the new forerunner world moment. Okay, we've got that in there. We've got you know it's like we got the Halo Two boarding. Yeah, scene. we got the Halo Two boarding scene. Yeah, exactly. Like we got the, the pelican flying yeah, around. Yeah, got got the pelican finally. It's like it you know, it was all these different scenes and and to me it was no different. This this you know kind of ride in with the Spartan fours and almost like a torch passing with the you know the ODSTs and everything like that. So. But yes, carry on, carry on. Sorry, see, I'm jumping in already. Hey, that's good. That's what that's what I'm looking for. And it's on topic, believe it or not. <laughs> so we see Del Rio on the bridge of Infinity, and he turns around, pulls up his hologram, and contacts Gypsy Company, kind of giving them the quick debrief. And during the whole debrief, uh, he's an ass. 
Well, of course. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's Del Rio. Every word he says. Yeah, and well, so this gets to the first topic that, or the first point I wanted to make. This cutscene is Chief asking what what has Recon found out, and Del Rio slowly turns to him and is like, "I know you've been out of it, but with the kind of forces that we're dealing with, we're not risking sending in the Recon team." They missed such a moment. He just should have looked at him and been like, "You can't has Recon." <laughs> <laughs> That would have been funny. That would have been very Best. funny. On Legendary, that's what he should have said. Oh, like, Grunt Birthday Party. Legendary with I Would Have Been Your Daddy's or, Skull sorry. On. Yes, that one. Yeah, yeah. He should have <laughs> should have turned around and be like, you can't has Recon, Chief. <laughs> Maybe they'll do that in uh, one of the future games for the trilogy. Great. Although we don't have Del Rio. Well, Del Rio is not captain anymore. Doesn't mean we don't necessarily have Del Rio coming up again. Yeah... Somebody, somebody on the waypoint forums made a made a funny comment. It's like uh, asking three four three if we could get a CG cutscene of uh, Del Rio getting uh, getting yelled at for leaving Chief on the planet <laughs> <laughs> for abandoning him. I'm like that'd be awesome. See all the Marines that like tackled him and put him away while Velasky took over or something. Yeah, right. So that would be, I guess that would be interesting. I, I was assuming someone could probably fan make that. Probably. Even if it's just motion comic style, it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. Okay, so, sorry. But, yeah, so moving on, uh, throughout the whole debrief, you're basically told that you're taking out some of these uh, particle cannons that are blocking the way to get out of Requiem. So you're going in low with a few pelicans with a couple of escorts, and... After the pelican cutscene, you land down and you get into, was a mammoth? Yes. Yes. So it's a giant elephant, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and by giant, we definitely mean, in comparison oh, to yeah. the elephant, it's a giant. Hence why they call it a mammoth. Yeah. Yeah, very, very cool vehicle. It's an interesting one. Uh, yeah. I guess... But just seeing it in campaign that one time, I, w- I would like to see it possibly used again somewhere else. Um, just seeing it that once, I, I guess. I don't know. I would like to see it somewhere else. Essentially, yeah. you can't really do it in multiplayer because it's just way too freaking big. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's probably as big as Warlock. <laughs> probably, yeah. There's some say, small like, Halo there's, maps. There's, there, are, there are a couple of Halo 1 and 2 maps that are that are probably about as big as the Mammoth are. They're tiny. Yeah. Anyways, you hop on the ma- uh, the Mammoth. I was called the Mantis. Jeez. <laughs> uh, you hear some radio chatter going back back and forth between the Pelicans, Spartan Palmer, Del Rio. So you, you run around and pick your weapons of choice. There's rocket launchers. There's sniper rifles. There's assault rifles. There's battle rifles. All that good stuff. And then you uh, head up to the top of the mammoth and you kind of do your little talk with Lasky. And after a little while, uh, Del Rio radios in and basically issues the order to go attack the particle cannons. And then for some reason, you're asked to go get a, a jetpack right then and there. So you go pick one of those up. And I'm just kind of breezing through these quickly since they're the big story parts is what we're getting to. So I'm sorry if I missed some key points, guys. Um, But anyways, once you get on top of the mammoth, you just kind of roll down uh, this path that's there for you. 
you know what? What's funny? Um, I uh, there are so many skips in this level. Like, um, I just did. Um, you know, we were talking earlier. I did this level on Slazo with the, yeah, solo the legendary all schools skulls on it, and uh, <laughs> and and really, I was able to do it because of like really great insight from you know guys like RC Master, who is just an amazing expert at these things and puts out great guides for this. If you you know if anybody is has struggling with stuff or really looking to kind of you know do something up a notch difficulty wise, you know, check out the guides by, you know, RC master naked Eli and tyrant. And, uh, cause, cause it's, it's really neat. Um, but he, you know, I just, I was able to see, you know, looking at some of these guides and stuff, man, there are so many like skip, so many things you can kind of like do to circumvent bad. Like you could almost spend every single battle, just chilling in the lower decks of the mammoth and don't have to fight anyone. And eventually the mammoth just keeps going and just takes you all the way there. It's, it's really kind of hilarious. Like the only thing I think I had to do was get out and go grab the target locator. Um, Right. And there's ways to even get around that without being shot too much. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. If you just if you just take a warthog basically and load it up with marines, and just drive it like on that far side, um, you know, if you're looking at the battle, basically the far left side around it, just drive it, drop them, you know, jump out, grab target locator, head for a ghost, and take off out of there. Um, I really can get get through it without being hit at all. Um, and uh, it's 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 really really funny. And there's there's a ton of places in the level that you can just jump over. You know that that I, I had a, such a hard time on. Um, you know when you when you kind of end up making it through with the mammoth. Uh, you know there's those three sealed generators you have to take out. And I had such a hard time on legendary, uh, partly because of like ammo scarcity and what weapons I had ended up with, and just kind of just ended up with a weird hand due to some poor decision making probably on my part. Um and well, I with such, the available weapons sometimes you can't really do too much with yeah, it. Yeah. Either. I I had such a time and oh my gosh. Damned if I, I I didn't, you know, find out that you can just take a ghost, you know, jump in a ghost. And I had actually taken a ghost from the very beginning and put it in the mammoth. I drove up it I drove it up into the mammoth just like a cargo hold. So it took the ghost with us, and so you jump with the ghost, take the ghost, all, just bypass all the shield generators, and then put yourself up against the shield, and when you dismount, you'll dismount on the other side of the shield, uh, just like you do in Nightfall on the, on the, on the, the forklift. Doors. Yeah. And, uh, and I literally, you know, I saw that, and then I tried it out, and it worked like a charm the very first time, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I... I could have saved so much heartache. Like, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, actually, as of this recording last week, the the campaign challenge was to do Reclaimer with all those special skulls on. Yeah. Oh, and I wish I would have done it. I mean, I did get the challenge this week uh, for completing, like, any mission on Heroic or higher with, with the, you know, Mythic and a couple of the tougher skulls. Um, but uh, So I did, I did get that one. Uh, and the one for this week is... Uh, shut down and so right but uh 
But yeah, and that one's pretty quick because there's just a giant shortcut there too. Oh yeah, yeah, huge, huge shortcut. But that one's much tougher to to make it through the end. You know, even in just that last little bit that you're in. And again, man, I'm I'm not that great with a reticle. That right. stupid blind skull on. I might as well just be throwing sticks, and you know, it's it's ridiculous. So yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, but yeah, so carry on. Yeah, so there, there's definitely lots of shortcuts in here if you're doing a lasso run because it's it's there's a lot of different parts in here where you could just really get caught up and not probably not knowing that you're getting shot from certain angles and then. By the time you know what's going on, you're dead. Especially on Lazo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, we're going to try to cover this as we're, as we're not doing Lazo, so we, we'll point out everything as we go through this. So the first little group of enemies that you come up on is going to be up on your left. You'll see a sniper tower and some grunts and some jackals on the ground. So you can either just ignore those by hanging on the right side of the mammoth, or if you want to, you can hop on one of the rocket turrets, or pull out a sniper and start shooting those guys. It's not going to really be much of a problem for you once you get to the next part. So take your pick on what you want to do there, how you want to engage the enemy. Uh, but as you're getting to that little group of Covenant, what's happening on in the background is you see a squad of pelicans that are going by, kind of lining up towards this particle cannon. And what they're doing is uh, painting a target for Infinity to shoot with one of their... Or I'm sorry, not, uh, not Infinity, the mammoth to shoot with the railgun. Mm-hmm. And the particle cannon, of the course. The mini-mac. Yeah, the mini-mac. And, of course, they, the pelican with the target locator gets a little too close and gets shot out of the air by the particle cannon, and then the pelican falls on uh, into the terrain, and that's when you get your first objective, which is to go recover the target locator. So after the sniper tower a little ways on, you'll stop... And there will be the you'll find the pelican where it's been shot down, and you're faced with a couple ghosts and a wraith in the canyon, and then I believe a pelican or two that comes and drop enemies in. So what you want to do is kind of strategically take out enemies from afar as much as you can with snipers or rockets or the missile pod that's on the mammoth. Grab one of the warthogs and have some marines hop in it and just kind of drive around shooting. Uh, killing all the enemies that are there. Uh, watch out for the phantoms that come in and drop in extra ones. Uh, but depending on how you go about it, you may have a couple of windows to go pick up the target locator before it, it actually drops reinforcements on you. And you can actually... I find it pretty easy to kind of hide around some of the rocks in the area and hijack the wraith. And then kind of punch it to death or stick a grenade in grenade it. It's not too hard to kind of hide yeah, and then wait. Yeah, that big central rock, I actually found it uh, pretty easy to just jetpack up to the top. Yeah, it's very and useful. Then, uh, and then, you know, bait the wraith in there, just plasma pistol it, drop right on it, and, and board it, you know, to to, to grenade it or, or melee. Yeah, it works really, really well. Uh, it's probably one of the most more easy wraith jacks to perform throughout the whole Halo 4 campaign. So that e- that area in and of itself is really not that hard. You just have to mainly watch out for the ghosts. The ghosts will be the one here that will really kind of nick you if you're not paying yeah, attention. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. They're the shield shredders. Yeah, the wraith is much as a, as a problem. This is the ghost that you have to really worry about. Yeah. But after you take those ghosts out, um, 
you want to go over, grab the target locator. They say to shoot down the pelican, or not the pelican, the phantom first with the target locator. You don't have to, uh, depending on what difficulty you're doing on, doing it on. If you're doing it on legendary, it's probably best to go ahead and target the phantom with the target locator first, and then let it recharge. But you can just hide in the mammoth and target the cannon. <laughs> So does the target locator just like magically pop up after a certain amount of time if you don't go out and get it? Oh no no no! You have to run out and get it. But oh, like okay. literally, as soon as the man, as soon as the mammoth parks, um, you can just you know you know like I said, what I did is I just I jumped in a uh jumped in the warthog that is in the mammoth in the bottom uh, of the mammoth. And there's already marines in it, so you could jump in. Make sure you have marines in it, just because they're better bait. Uh, drive straight because eh, eh, the little eh. deck, yeah, the red shirt marines. Um, you know the deck lowers down. You drive straight out of there. You know, turn to the right and basically keep stay to the to the left edge. You know, you kind of keep. There's a little cliffside there, so you know you stay. You know, keeping as many of the rocks in between you and that wraith as you can. Just drive it straight over, immediately jump right out, grab the target locator, and when you grab the target locator, if you turn you know, 180 degrees around, there's a ghost right there that's parked, and you can run straight over, jump in the ghost, and I just took the ghost, took it straight back and drove it up into the mammoth, and then just sat in the ghost, um, you know, and, and uh, or actually, you know, jump out of the ghost, uh, target the particle cannon from right there in the mammoth and uh once the particle cannon blows up just the the mammoth will lift the deck and and take off and it keeps your ghost inside there which is great because the ghost comes in handy you know again to uh to to use to get through the shield generator later on and and it's just good to have the ghost there um even if you even if you want to just go ahead and go through the in, encounters yeah well there's another part that's going to come up um, before it's the right before this part where, uh, it's pretty easy to get your warthog destroyed. So having that ghost around it would yeah. actually be pretty helpful because you can move from side to side. That's one of the benefits of having the ghost yeah, with you. Abs- oh, absolutely. You have another well, degree and, of, of well, movement, and you can shoot. Uh huh. I mean, that's the big thing is with with a warthog, you have to choose between: am I going to drive or am going to am am I going to shoot? And the like. I would rather have Florida's public school children, dri- you know, driving <laughs> the warthog than the AI. Um, so, well, it, it's pretty hard to to. Or I'm sorry, it's pretty easy to beat cat. So, yeah, yeah, with a with a stick. <laughs> yeah. So after you destroy the particle cannon, you can either just stay on the ma- the mammoth as it rolls on into the next area, or grab a warthog and go on ahead if you want. Uh, it doesn't matter too much. The thing is that if you... And I tried this the first time I did the camp, did my campaign run-through, uh, trying to use the target locator to shoot down the phantoms that were in the area, and the turret actually goes offline while you're going through this area, so it's not really any useful usefulness. So I've actually most of the time done the strategy where I sit on the missile turret on the left-hand side of the mammoth and just kind of rain down fire on as much enemies as I can and take my time. Because you can kill about, I want to say probably two ghosts by just uh, sitting 
up on that turret, and then there's another mounted uh, plasma cannon, and that you can shoot that off as well, and a couple more elites and grunts that are just kind of running around the area. Um, but so as as you're going through this canyon, you actually come across uh, two areas of enemies, and you can just you you'll bypass those eventually, and then you'll come up on your first shield door. So this is the part where if you're doing the speed run, you can take the ghost out, park it right along the shield, and hop out, and you'll actually pop on the other side of the shield. But since we're kind of actually doing a somewhat walkthrough here, we'll go ahead and talk about the destroying the shield generators. So doing what I said with the missile pods will probably take out about half the enemies that you need to take out before you can you have to go in and engage them. You can take a Warthog in there as well with some of the Marines. That's pretty useful. I don't know what strategy you use, Jeff, but if when I'm actually going for the, ter- the shield generators, I usually go up around to the very top of the quarry and then drop down and get that first one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I definitely... Uh, you mean, do you go up around the, uh, around the right or around the left? On the right. Okay. Because uh, I also liked... Um, I actually went over to the I liked kind of baiting some of the some of the enemies to come down because if you go to the left there's kind of like a little bit of a cliff like a like you know some some rock face um, that you can end up jumping up or jetpacking it you know if you have that uh, and and getting a decent jump on them kind of from behind uh, if you go to the left so it uh, it really I guess you know just kind of de- depends on on which way you want to go at it, but okay, yeah I do the right just because at that point I usually have rockets, so if there's any yeah. ghosts left over I can just hide in the shield area because uh, by that time I've probably taken out most of the enemies that are actually in and around that spot with mm-hmm. the missile pod just shooting a bunch of missiles at the area and they're all dead by then yeah. So just kind of hanging in there, poking my head in and out, and baiting the ghosts to come to me, and then I'll destroy all the ghosts, and then destroy the shield generator, and then I'll run to the other one and take it out. Um, the only thing with my strategy is you have to watch out for the wraith. Oh, yeah. If you do the left one first, I haven't, whenever I've done it, the wraith really hasn't targeted me, but whenever I go up to the right side first and drop down to that yeah because then you've got there. a long run down to that rate like down to that uh, that that other generator and it gives right. the wraith a real easy time to have a beat on you i remember um uh, what i did uh when i went around to the left is if you go around to the left usually the ghost is real close and it's usually facing the other way like it's usually facing basically oh, really? yeah the the ghost usually kind of hangs right around there and the ghost is typically facing off toward the right where you would normally go um and in fact i've gone over to the to the right first taken that and then backtracked because then they they kind of you know you were over there so their their attention is focused over that way we go all the way back over to the left jump up uh, you know, jump up or fly up on that left side, and you can just dead sprint right over or plasma pistol the ghost right over. I remember, I remember distinctly uh, when I was going through my solo legendary, 
you know, making a beeline for the ghost, jacking the ghost, and literally just booking it. Because as soon as you come around and you start to jack the ghost, the wraith sees you and then tries to turn. But if you can get get in the ghost, you know, uh, hijack the ghost, and then literally just lay that boost, um, you can get out of there before the wraith can hit you. And then literally just take the ghost, hightail it as far away as you can, and then just use it to pick off the enemies. Um, well, I've actually, whenever I've done gone to the left first, the ghosts are actually looking straight at me. So I guess I've just gotten unlucky for the most part. It could be because you know what? Like I've seen, you know, I've watched guides on certain things. Like, oh, just do this, just do this, and I'm like, no. Every time I try that, they're like, they're like, they're waiting for me. Like they can see me, my whole body. I wonder. I wonder if that says the game's really good and how it determines kind of different scenarios for the AI, or if it's just just kind of flukes that happen. Uh, it's probably a little bit of both. Uh, I'm sure there's some some fluky stuff, uh, but but uh, you know, I'm but I'm sure some of it is you know AI reaction to to different scenarios. So yeah. So after that part, the third generator is over by the race, so you're gonna have to face it eventually. Uh, just is, I think I don't think I've seen anyone go for it as the first one. I don't think it's a very smart thing to do is to go for it as the first one. But take out the wraith if you're coming in from the bottom of the quarry. If you're coming from the top, you can kind of drive by it if you're in the warthog or just boost right by it in the ghost. And then you can just sit in the shielded area because if you're in there, the wraith isn't going to shoot you. Uh, it, you're pretty much blocked from his quote-unquote vision, he still sees you and he's still looking at you, but he can't shoot you since you're behind there and he knows he can't shoot you, so he's not going to do anything. So a good idea is if you have a grenade, just chunk a grenade, hop whenever vehicle you're in, and then book it back out. That's kind of the strategy that I've been using. So that's the first big roadblock that you have to deal with, so that one's not too bad. Uh, After that first shield generator, we keep on... Moving on, you can get back in the Mammoth if you want, or you can just keep driving with your Warthog. It doesn't really matter because you're going to have to stay out anyways for for this next part that you're going to have to deal with. So you come up on your second Particle Cannon, and you go ahead and destroy it as well, and then one of the Lishes come out. That's the new Covenant Vehicle. That. As another cool little little uh, skip you can do, and I and I and I, and I uh, did it on my Lazo run, and, and uh, uh, again, this is you know thanks to some awesome guides and stuff online. Yeah, we so actually, don't we be actually like, had, oh, uh, Grim is so good at Lazo. No, Grim sucks at Lazo. <laughs> we um, actually had um, <laughs> a Mythic Tyrant on for Infinity, so he was right yeah, before Tyrant, this one. Uh, RC Master. I, I in particular found RC's guide really good for this particular level. Uh, but those two guys and, and Naked Eli too. I mean, those are those are my kind of my go my go to trio uh, exactly. for for anything that's difficult. But like, I, I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pretty sure that if I'm like can't make an omelet, uh, RC, how do you make omelets? <laughs> well, I don't know if if they're really that good at cooking maybe they are who knows who knows i'll, I'll know well, what maybe kind cooking of... on lazo that's <laughs> <laughs> i'll know what their uh legendary all stove on <laughs> <laughs> all stoves on yeah wow that should be a t-shirt there you go but yeah so you want 
you want to talk about the skip? Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah I, I should. Uh, but notice if um, there's just a spot that you can run up where you target the second uh, particle cannon, and uh, you can jump up into the rocks there. And if you if you get there quick enough, right when the when the particle cannon explodes, that lich spawns. What's funny is it kind of it like spawns in the rocks, like it spawns like in the mountains to to kind of hide it visually, not not fictionally. Right. Um, and you can just jump on top of it and go inside of it and melee the the core and disable it. So it's literally flying over like you know you're riding in it energy's going it looks a lot like uh when you when you pop shields you know so yeah the shield flare going kind of thing crazy and literally as it flies over the mammoth you just jump out and like super epic action hero jetpack down to the mammoth and land on it and then hide your ass inside uh like it's it's so cool like to pull it off and it it, it feels really neat because like um and what's funny is uh, you know, Tyrant and his guide, like, I mean, he's super awesome. He gets, like, there right when it spawns. He just jumps down in it while it's still stuck in the mountain. Well, m- my less than awesome behind uh, <laughs> had to, like, it blew up, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm not there yet. I literally just ran. It spawns, starts to fly away, and I sprint and jump and just land right on the top and run inside, and I'm meleeing it. And shooting it, blow the thing up, and like I have just enough time to run and jump out and like jetpack guide myself back to the to the mammoth, and I was like, yes, very nice. <laughs> it was just a really cool like I, I I feel like even if I was doing a fiction run like a cannon run, I might still use that trick because it just felt very chiefy, like. You know, you know, getting the jump on this big ship and and just taking it out midair and then jetpacking down and, and, and riding it and landing in the mammoth and be like, let's go. You know, yeah. like it was just really, really cool. You make you know, a good sometimes point there, the skips, yeah. Sometimes the skips are like, okay, that kind of, you know, kind of kills the immersion. But, I mean, especially the way it ended up happening to me because by the time I got to the lich, it, it had pulled out. And and it wasn't like kind of phasing in really with the mountain anymore. Uh, so so again, it it all kind of kept that suspension of disbelief basically. But it but it was it was a really really cool moment. And uh, I went to go save the film, but uh, you know, there's no theater there's no. for camping. so. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't do the speed glitch or the the kind of the fast forward, the big skip here. What happens is after you take out the particle cannon, you're faced with about four, five, maybe six waves of phantoms that are coming in. And you're fighting around this central rock hill, so to speak. And there's phantoms coming in, dropping wraiths. I think you have to fight four wraiths and who knows how many ghosts. You want to grab the goss hog as soon as possible. And get Marines in there. So you may kind of want to stage your um, the area first before you take out the particle cannon. So you want to get Marines in the hog. Then you want to take it out and 
deal with the wraiths and the ghosts that come in with the goshawk, and, and make sure you don't sit still because that'll be just it'll, the wraith will pick you off very easily, and so will the ghosts. So just make sure you're driving around, keep your distance, and the marines will eventually catch on. If the passenger marine in your hog has rockets, that also helps a lot. Yeah. So if you guys don't know, you can switch weapons with marines. As long as you don't have the same weapon as your primary or secondary, you can swap out a weapon and give it to the marine to hold, and he'll have infinite ammo with whatever weapon you give him. So get the gauze hog. It's on a rock that's on the edge of the cliffside. Uh, you'll you'll see it as you roll up. So you want to grab that, get another marine in there with rockets in the passenger seat, and then just go to town. Eventually, the lich will come out and sit over the top of the hill, and you have to work your way up there, taking out uh, elites, grunts, jackals. And what you normally do to board the lich is go up the gravity lift. Uh, there's about, I want to say, eight grunts, four jackals in there that you need to take out, and then you go up to the top and then you take out the shield for the the power core and then you shoot it through a grenade or do whatever you want to it and then you hop out. So that's kind of the the normal run, so to speak, that you would do for this area. <laughs> and then after that you get back on the mammoth and you roll out yet again. Uh and you get to a part where you're running over some uh kind of was it cor- corrosive liquid stuff? Uh, death juice. <laughs> yeah. Rivers of death juice. Rivers of death juice. Yeah. I guess yeah, that's one way to put it. I don't it. know. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not cool. Bad stuff, man. Yeah. So during this whole time when you're going over these rapids or whatever, corrosive death, uh, Cortana has this bit in there where she says that, she says to Chief, they don't care about you. They've replaced you. And they yeah. start going to this whole discussion how Cortana's rampancy, like, Chief is trying to calm her down. It's like, it's okay. And she's firing back. It's like, it's not okay. How is any of what is happening to me okay? Yeah. And Chief, do you really understand what rampancy is? So she's kind yeah. of getting a, a little cocky and like, do you, do you understand what's going on here, Chief? Do you understand well, you, that? You know what's funny is I think she's – just as much, you know, if you want to get to the breaking the fourth wall a little bit and kind of a meta meeting to it. Um, oh, well, we're going to get there anyway, so we might as well go ahead and break it now. <laughs> yeah, uh, is it, you know, I think it's she's talking in some ways just as much to the player as she is to Chief, which, you know, in some ways is one and the same. Because, you know, for in large part, the idea of rampancy is still something that's not really been touched much in the games. So, you know, that's still been, uh, you know, for, for people who read the books and, you know, and, and, and kind of keep up with the extended fiction stuff, you, the idea of rampancy is very, very, very well known. Yeah. Um, but not quite as much in the fiction. Um, you know, even even in Halo Three, you know, when they were trying to rescue Cortana and stuff like that, and you know, knowing that there were there was stuff going wrong with her, the the emphasis was really put more on the danger that she was in because of the grave mine, not necessarily because of of, of rampancy proper. Right. Uh, so so it's it's funny because you know she's like, do you even know what rampancy is? You know, it, it it's you know, I did this happens to this and this and this, and you just like we literally think ourselves to death, and you know, I I think it's. I think there are probably a lot of players that were like, "Oh, that sucks!" Like, like, oh, you know, and and so 
that little moment, um, it's kind of like a, you know, the the blessing and the curse because those of us who are familiar with Rampant Sea, we're like, we know we know Cortana. That that that's why we're trying to help you. Uh, <laughs> but those those who aren't, that was probably a really interesting, you know, maybe even a little bit of a an emotional uh, attachment moment there um, <laughs> that the rest of us didn't necessarily feel because we we knew. But you know, for a lot of new players, it was probably like. Oh, like, uh, you know, now it's starting to hit, you know, like this, you know, a bit of the gravity of the situation. So, yeah, well, we've kind of seen this evolve throughout the rest of the game. We got the first glimpse of it at the beginning of Requiem. That's when she went out and said that she's been in service for eight years. And yeah. And he has after seven. And I yeah. guess this, this is the first time we're from people who play this more casually than the hardcore of us who've read the books and everything yeah, really understand, okay, this is actually what she means by she's going and she's deteriorating is that she, she's thinking herself to death. Okay. Now I know what it is that is going on. So what's going to happen now is probably what it's going through everyone's mind. It's like, well, we're, we're doing these missions. So are we going to have time to get back and fix Cortana, is, is there even time with all this extra stuff that we're trying to do? But we'll see, too, by the end of the game. So, moving on, after going through all the, the rapids again, we come up on a familiar territory if you've played Spartan Ops. Uh, this is the Sniper Alley area. And as suggested there are some snipers in here that you need to take out so it's if you haven't grabbed a sniper rifle at this time you definitely want to grab one of those if you've had a sniper rifle before hopefully you haven't wasted too much of your ammunition because that'll turn out to i mean you don't need a sniper rifle here you can easily use a dmr but definitely well and and there's and and immediately in the sniper alley right there that entrance there's there are a couple of uh uh drops that have at least, at least one of them has a sniper rifle in it for for more ammo. That's right. Yeah, there's a BR. I can't remember if this level has the BR or the DMR. I, I, I think, think it's. Oh, I was gonna say I thought it was the DMR because of the range, um, but you okay. could be right. I know it has a sniper down there, but yeah, there is a sniper down there. Um, it's a BR, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a BR. And I think there's a couple of those down there that you can pull from. So take out the jackals in the canyon. There's two on the left. There's two or three on the right as you get into that first open area where there's a bunch of rocks sticking out of the ground everywhere. So just kind of be wary of of how you're stepping and make sure you have your surroundings covered as you're going through this. There's some grunts and elites on the ground levels that are... I mean, just take those as you as you normally take them, depending on what difficulty you are, are on. It's just that the sniper jackals, especially on legendary, will make it a living nightmare for you as you're oh, going gosh. through this. Because if there's more than one looking at you, chances are you're going to die pretty quickly. Yeah, e- even it's funny. Even when I did it on solo legendary, just on my own with no you know with no guides or anything, I went up uh, to the left on the rocks. Um, and and kind of jetpacked, oh, you know, rock hopped, basically trying to take cover um, and getting over to because there's there's at least one, if I'm not mistaken, at least one jackal over there 
uh, over on the left as well. There's a couple of them actually. I, I think. think there's two. Yeah, there's two uh, on the yeah. left, and then there's. And if you, because if you can get there, then you can also grab their beam rifle, which is which is you know super nice to have. Right. Um. You know, just to again for the range and everything, and but yeah, those suckers, man. They will. Uh, they don't play. No, they do not. <clears throat> yeah, there's two on the left, and then there's two on the right. Not all the way up in the rocks, but on the next. Yeah, there's level a couple up. of really far ones up high. Oh yeah, but that that's kind of as you turn that first uh, yeah. hairpin turn, that's when they start to come in up there. So if you uh, after you clear out that first area and you make your your first corner, there's going to be a whole bunch of elites there, and there's going to be jack. Jackal snipers are coming in, running in at the very back. Uh, choose your targets carefully. If you can, uh, kind of go around the corner, trip the the spawning sequence, and then back off and pick off the jackal snipers, and then engage the elites. If you still have sniper ammo left over, which you probably should, then you can take the elites that are there out pretty quickly. You want to kind of use your BR ammo on the grunts and the elites that are in that open rock area first in the first area and save your snipers for the jackals and then use it for the elites in the next area because there's quite a few of them i think there's at least eight maybe ten elites yeah there's quite a few uh but after you uh take everything everyone out there uh, i believe there is a sniper tower um actually there's not I'm, i'm actually looking through a video right now um, not a sniper tower there, sorry. There's a couple of jackals, and then you head up to the bridge, and as you go across, you'll see grunts start to run down, and they have grenades in their hands, which means they're suicide grunts, so you want to shoot them out as quickly as possible. And by the time you get there, if you don't have any grenades, you'll definitely have plenty of grenades to pick up. There's probably about a dozen or so grenades that you can use in the next area, so you can just, if you're doing it, cooperative just have everyone pick up grenades and start chunking them uh, come back down pick up more grenades and chuck more grenades until you exhaust your stockpile and then there's some more grunts in the least that'll come down from the very top level as you start to make your way up the first ramp so as you uh, get up there look to your right as the elites and grunts come down and if you're running low on ammo you can actually go up to the top uh, ledge from the first ramps that you go up there and there's ammo crates that you can use there as well. And it also gives you a nice vantage point into the next area to take out the enemies that are currently there. So it's, it's pretty... There's a lot of good vantage points that you really want to utilize in this kind of alley structure that you want that you want to uh, make sure that the jackal snipers aren't getting you and then just use uh, every piece of cover and then every height advantage you can get. Yeah. Uh, for the jackal snipers, there's uh, one on the right before you kind of go through kind of what looks like an archway. There's the one on the right there. I think there's one on the left. And then the last sniper jackal in this area, I believe, is up on the very top all the way in the back right. So in this area, those are the only three I believe you have to worry about. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. Right, right before you head up over to the door. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. After the after you take out all the covenant, there's gonna be a couple waves of Promethean uh Prometheans that come in. There's some crawlers that come over the door that you have to go to. 
Uh, there'll be a little objective marker as you make your way back. There's also some Promethean Knights that spawn in there. There's not too many, though, so it's not unbearable, but it, it will prove to be somewhat of a challenge if you're on Legendary. But the Prometheans at this part are not something that you need to worry about too much. Um, and, and is this right when you come into the doorway? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so once you get there, it's it's pretty easy sailing from then on. Then you enter the big forerunner structure. You're met by some sentinels that are friendlies, which is a good thing. <laughs> At least the librarian's been able to hold on to those and not the Prometheans. <laughs> so you walk around a little bit through some of the corridors. You go up an elevator or go down an elevator. I can't remember um, if you go up or down first. And then you walk through a little bit more. You get to this uh, area where it's supposed to be the control center for these um, particle cannons and some of the exterior uh, kind of gravity wells. And you plug Cortana in, and she starts to do her work, and then uh, all of a sudden she says there's something else in here, and then she kind of gets uh, pulled away. And this is this begins the really, really nice, juicy bits of this level. Yes. Yeah, so after Cortana's been kind of whisked away, a light bridge pops up, a sentinel kind of guides you to there. You walk through a few more corridors, and then we see kind of a life-sized version of Cortana kind of uh, foreshadowing there a little bit. And you kind of go into this big beam and then you enter the probably one of the most important cutscenes in this game, if not the most important one, I think. And actually, right before that, what's really funny is, you know, when you run... Uh, right when you go to the light bridge, um, uh, like when you you know you you run through the uh, the when you basically exit out you know of the elevator, um, you're supposed to go I think to the left, but if you turn to the right, the terminal is there for this level. Oh, I've totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. and that's terminal number four, and that is. Super awesome, like, and it and it goes right along with this awesome cutscene that you are about to talk about. So, uh, I mean, it's one of my favorite cutscenes. I think it's called Lord of Admirals, um, and it's and it's it really really has some super deep, cool, heavy story stuff that that pulls from uh, very heavily from from Primordium, especially Cryptum and Primordium. So. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for pointing that terminal out to me. I- completely blanked about it I've, it's, it's, it's it's when you pull um it's when you pull cortana um or place cortana pull cortana place cortana i don't remember but you but you have to run through you fight through promethean knights and crawlers and stuff and then you run through a through a you know a door you're supposed to go either straight or to the left i don't remember but i know if you turn to the right if you go if you go the wrong way uh, there's a, there's a terminal right there. It's real. It's easy to miss, but it's easy to spot because literally it's straight through that door and immediately to the right. Isn't so. it kind of down a, a hallway that you just kind of pass by? Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, it's. I wouldn't even. I would hesitate to call it like a hallway because it's really more of an alcove immediately to the to the right. But but dude, that particular terminal man is so sick because you really start to see um, 
the the Prometheans, the the old school for you know the full forerunner Prometheans, uh, in battle with ancient humanity, and it's oh, it's so sick. Yeah, uh, it's actually after you pull Cortana. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the and we're gonna have a show that actually talk about all the terminals. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, point. yeah. It's, it's, it, that's it, it deserves to be its own show. Yeah, we don't have nearly enough time. But but if you know if, if it happens that somebody hasn't grabbed it yet, you might as well go ahead and nab it, nab it now. Right. So yeah. So it's that hallway right after you exit that first uh, little group of Prometheans that you fight as soon as you pull Cortana. If you head right instead of left, that's where that terminal is. So that's terminal number four. Yep. So thanks for pointing that out. Oh, no worries. So, yes, let's talk about the, the big juicy cutscene. Mmm, delicious. Delicious. So, we are met in this bright, pretty, sky, heavenly place. Uh, you'll recognize one of the structures from the multiplayer map Haven. And we see Chief looking up to the clouds and says, who are you? And then we see the, the librarian descend from the heavens. Yes. And she goes into this giant spiel of just what she's been planning for humanity over the last who knows how many millennia of just planning and yeah, yeah, she's trying says, to figure you know, out what it, the didact's going to to do and all that all that stuff. Yeah, it's well, what's what's you know, Chief is is really seeing you know like really starting to kind of finally get clued into, you know, all this crazy stuff. And it's also the first time we see the composer, uh, if I'm not mistaken, because uh, we, we, we see it in the holographic form. Um, and, uh, it does remind me very like reapery or beacony, you know, pro pro Prothean beacon kind of like mass effect. But, um, but, but yeah, it really goes into this amazing cut scene of, uh, the human forerunner war and the the realization of the forerunners too that humanity was you know not necessarily just running through the stars going crazy and <laughs> taking over planets and stuff but um but you know specifically that there were we were also in in combat with the flood and, and running from the flood and uh just some great great visuals um very much in the terminal style. Uh, in fact, I, I would, Very I would much say so. maybe even a little more uh, animated than the terminals themselves. Um, some great visualizations. Some, you know, talking about the flood uh, and and like you said, uh, the librarian just kind of talking about hiding away uh, gene songs, hiding away. Uh, basically seeds uh in the genetic structure of humanity when they indexed us and and, and preserved us um so that it would kind of you know she says it would lead to an eventuality and uh and and basically help usher sometimes passively and sometimes very actively usher humanity back into you know I want to say necessarily this rightful place but but definitely back in uh you know up up to a Taking the place of, of the, uh, you know, guardians of the galaxy, essentially. Yeah. So, do we want to 
break this down bit by bit? I mean, you just give a good overview. I don't know how much in the detail yeah, you want to go into we, this. We could do now however you want. All right. I don't know how much time you have left, so. <laughs> I've always got some time to talk about. All right. It? So we fr- what the librarian first mentions in this cutscene is that the didact is planning to leave Requiem. Um, he's actually been imprisoned here for a very, very, very long time. And she informs you that, like you said, this is the first time we see the composer. Um, she's basically saying that the didact is going to go find this. And then she goes into this big story of the war between the humans and the forerunners. And when the forerunners first met the humans, they kind of saw them as just this race that was going out and, just had this it's seemingly very, very savages for, kind of you know like yeah. like like high tech savages basically like we were just kind of a almost almost locusty and not in a gears of war way uh but but just kind of you know just go and take over all the resources and go and colonize and go and colonize and expand and expand and reproduce and expand and expand and and uh and just saw us as very haphazard basically and 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 uh just apathetic to responsibility right uh and then they go or she goes into more detail about how after the didact was able to pretty much suppress the the humans from finding more and if you've read the greg bear novels you'll know that they've basically devolved humans to where they weren't as big of a threat anymore and they kind of removed them from a majority of the systems throughout the the galaxy but by the time they were done with that they finally realized what humanity was running from and that is what turned out to be the flood oh dude i want those weapons that the prometheans were firing in that trailer it's so awesome it's like a sentinel beam on crack and yummy yeah like it's it's Oh, they're so sick. That means I mean, even, that even the, the ancient forerunner, even the ancient forerunner uh, weapons, or, or I'm sorry, the ancient uh, human weapon, you know, like armor and stuff, is really cool looking. Yeah, but you can definitely see. I think they specifically designed that cutscene to kind of bridge the gap between what we saw in the Promethean weapons so far. Oh yeah, and then what I, we've I seen totally in agree. the the human armor, and then it's it. There's enough of a gap there to make a big distinction, but it's close enough to where you can see how that evolution might occur. Yeah. So you bring up a very good point in that. And to continue on, uh, once the foreigners figured out that you were fine, the flood and when they were being attacked by the flood, by that point, they exhausted so many of their resources, just fighting humans that they weren't prepared for, the flood and, and what it had in store for the forerunners. Yeah. So the forerunners entered this desperate time of trying to figure out how to save the galaxy, thinking that they're the caretakers of the galaxy, the responsible for holding the mantle. And there's more discussion to go into that. We'll, we'll probably oh, yeah. have a podcast specifically dedicated to that. There's by the time halo starts to die down a little bit, It'll be wide open to where we'll discuss so many aspects of the Halo lore because this game has so much stuff in it that you have to really play through it multiple times to pick up on everything. And even that, you could talk about these things for days on end. 
and with how many different things. This is, I don't know what you think, Jeff, but I think this is one of the most complex Halo storylines, aside from Halo 1, because that's beginning and you're just kind of learning everything there but uh, yeah that, that's that's a that's a that's a Tough that's one. an apples and oranges thing in all honesty uh yeah you know it's because you know any the, the first of anything comes with an inherent large amount of mystery because everything is mysterious um but yeah halo 4 really you know or in, in this specific area and what we start to see with this level both with the terminal and the level and the the cut scenes it, it really really it really is kind of like it's funny it's like a midway point in the game um and it's transitioning the game from from kind of one feel to the next uh but it's really doing uh, the same for the franchise um not to kind of speak hyperbolically about it but i mean it really is kind of showing like oh you know it used to be that the forerunners themselves just the idea of the forerunner was huge mysterious you know we didn't know what they looked like we didn't know anything about it you know and now in this cutscene, we're like oh oh this is the first time we're ever seeing the librarian this is the first time well what are the composer what are the composer and and you know we're hearing all of this stuff what do you mean you know we fought we fought humanity you know or you know with the forerunner just especially if, again for people who haven't read the books i mean this is these are these are megaton freaking realizations like it's 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 absolutely crazy as far as an overarching, you know, universe standpoint goes. It's just one giant bombshell of information. Yeah. So after the whole thing with the flood and the foreigners, they came up with a couple of ideas and one of them was the halo array. So for those not well versed in the books, there were originally 12 halos and now there are seven. Well, I guess there's six now since we blew one up. <laughs> so after uh, there was that plan, there was the plan for all the Dyson's field or uh, shield, the, shield worlds. Yeah, all the shield worlds, the the Dyson spheres, and then this composer thing. And the librarian goes into detail how the composer was supposed to be this bridging of gap between bio, the biological realm and the digital realm. But when they were doing all their testing with it, they ran into big issues where the personalities that they stored, they weren't able to bring them back out um, successfully. It was all really messed up. Personalities were fragmented, and they couldn't do much with anything that they were trying to pull back out of the composer. Yeah. It's uh, it's in this cutscene, too, um, because we see it a lot in the terminals. It's the only, and it's the, it's the last little bit of 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 uh, the cutscene where it's it's the last little bit of when she, of the flashback basically of the of the forerunner war, um, right before it cuts back to Chief uh, and and talking to the librarian, uh, and it's the unless you watch the terminals, it is the only time you ever ever see. Um, the didact's original armor as well because his as, armor yeah, is, right. is different in, in Halo 4. Yeah, pretty, now, this, pretty different. This is the, I'm assuming this is the Erdidact. Yes, yes. Uh, and actually Greg Bear himself uh, confirmed uh, that it was the Erdidact uh, just a couple days ago on his website. Nice. 
Yeah. And er means original. Yeah, I probably should make the distinction. Yeah. So so there's the Ur didact and the Bornsteller didact uh, for you know people who are familiar with the Unseen Universe are familiar with that terminology, but but if you're if you're not, there are actually two didacts, uh, and there's there's still some you know uh, definitely some some kind of mystery surrounding the roles of each one. But uh, the new book, the 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 final book, the third book in the Forerunner Saga, Salentium, is uh, is coming out in March, March nineteenth, I think. That sounds about right. Um, it's either the nineteenth or the twenty something. I think it's the nineteenth. I hope it's the nineteenth because that's earlier. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so we're gonna kind of find out what happened to the Erdidact to put him in the position of where he got to us in Halo 4. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, at, so going back to, or continuing on from the very end of the cutscene, the, or sorry, the flashback, we're still in the middle of the cutscene, but the librarian explains how the didact was using the compo- composer to uh, basically wipe out humans. I mean, she doesn't say that specifically, but, uh, Chief picks up on this that the knights are uh, humans because um, the didact was going around and basically using the composer to um, at, at what at the one point it's where they were trying to archive humanity, but at the same time they were, he was basically locking them away forever and yeah. basically killing them. It was it was a cool moment uh, for for some of us that had. That kind of found out that we were, in a lot of ways, right about some some speculation regarding the Promethean Knights. I remember having many a mod cast, and even I'm I'm sure probably discussing it on on Podtacular, uh, you know, before the game came out. And I remember specifically, you know, kind of thinking that the uh, that the Knights in some way were controlled by humanity or contained ancient humans or something like that and so it was really cool to you know to kind of get that it was like chief's realization was our validation you know (laughs) so it was was definitely a cool moment it's always it's always neat to you know see when you guess right about something you know it's yeah it just kind of gives you that tingly feeling yeah it's it's just cool it's you know and it cool it makes you feel like oh man it's you know Sometimes it kind of pays off to to be looking at a lot of the the surrounding perspective to it. So, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely where we you know the chief catches on on to that, and um, you know, and it's not long before the didact you know catches up with them and interrupts. So, right. Uh, let's see. Continuing on with the cutscene, the librarian goes on to say that uh, the didact would have uh, she uses the word encrypted. Uh, the entire human race. So basically, do you say? Does she say encrypted or conscripted? It sounds like encrypted. Maybe it's conscripted. Okay, I'll have to check the transcript. I, I don't. I'd have to go watch the cutscene with the subtitles enabled to see what exactly yeah. it is. It sounds like encrypted, but I could be wrong. There have been a few words in there where it's like I think I hear one thing, but then when I actually look at the subti- subtext, it's like oh, it actually is something else. Yeah, I know. I know some people at the very at the, uh, early on had. Uh, I heard a couple of people say that. Um, they thought that she said when she was talking about Chief, you know, your, your, uh, 
what was it? You know, your this genetics. or that. You know, your genetics. Yeah. Um, that they thought she said your combat skill, but it was it's combat. Oh, combat skin. skin. Yeah. Um, which is which is cool because it's you know again it's that's we first heard combat skin in Halo One when Guilty From the Spark. Monitor. Yep, is Guilty Spark is is telling Chief he's like you know uh. You need at least like a class twelve combat skin. And yours is only a class four, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. So so it was it was it was cool to uh, to to see that you know, and and she even you know she references Cortana too. She you know she talks about your your uh, your Ancilla. evolved or your advanced uh, Ancilla. So all four in her terms. Yeah. I wonder for people that are more casual players if those terms, like if they were confusing or not. I would, I would have to imagine they were at least a little bit, because when you hear, I mean, for us that have read the books, and we are we've already caught on to the to some of the forerunner terminology that they use, but then you, when you throw these new ones in, this they have to kind of step back and think. So combat skin, okay, maybe his armor, and then Ancilla Cortana. Well, I guess they mean AI. So, I mean, you can kind of deduce what they're talking about. It's just hearing the different terms, maybe a little like, okay, that's new. Little little story twist for some people, yeah. But with this whole kind of dive into the forerunner history, I think a lot of that's going to end up coming out within the next two games as well. We're we're just going to be exposed to a lot more forerunner stuff. Yeah. So, um, but you already alluded to this, but the librarian goes on to say that uh, she planted seeds throughout humanity that would lead to uh, eventuality, which is Chief being there and the evolution of his armor and then Cortana being there and how it was uh, millennia and lifetimes of planning. Yeah. And I, I'm not exactly sure how this next part works, but the didact finds out where he is. And at this point, everything that's going on with him is not like physically happening. It's all virtual in in a sense. What do you mean? So he's because he's still in that beam throughout this whole thing, right? Mm, uh, I don't know. I I get the feeling he was teleported. Maybe he was. I mean, I don't know. It's um, it just seems. I don't know. It it. I guess it could be that way. I mean, there's a couple of other things that just kind of seem different about it, I guess, so so to speak. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's not the important part, though. But yeah, so the didact eventually finds him, and you know, it's like, uh, why why are you meddling with with all this? So, uh, librarian- I mean, because 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 he when he comes in, it's like he's summoning these pillars, and and Promethean knights start teleporting in. Yeah. But it's not like they're attacking or anything. Yeah, it's true. So if, I don't if, know. It's, it's if funny. This is... I, I guess I'd never really thought about it like that. And I, I suppose it doesn't even necessarily matter, uh, you know, one way or the other, whether or not it was kind of more of a projection type thing, or whether he was literally there. I've just always assumed he was literally there, that he was he was teleported there. Um, and in all honesty, maybe this uh, next episode of Spartan Ops will. Uh, We'll shed a little bit of light on that because it, it's a very similar transition. Uh, Palsy, you know, running into that beam. So, yeah, 
So who knows? We'll see. We'll see. So it's, a, it's an interesting take, though. Well, another part of it is the librarian is actually not physical. She said at the very beginning of this cutscene that she was left behind. I mean, she what the representation of the librarian is actually a digital representation. She's oh, not yes. physically. I, I do agree with that. I do, I do totally agree with that. But to me, it was just, uh, you know, that was th- that was a projection like a, a physical projection, you know, like okay. it was a, like an Ancilla, basically. Um, you know, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope style, you know? <laughs> Got it, yeah. Uh, but continuing on, she says that she's hidden away, uh, what, what'd she call it? Uh, um, uh, genes, uh, a, a gene a, song, uh, well, and seeds in your genetic structure. Yeah, a gene song or something. Yeah. I forget what the exact word is. Uh, but... It would make the chief immune to the composer's effects, and the didact is still like trying to kind of interrupt this thing. And, and chief's like, "Can I defeat the didact with that?" And she says, "No." So he's like, "Do it." So he he undergoes this this benign kind of mutation while he's in this beam of of sorts, and that's pretty much the end of that. The end of we see of the librarian for. For a while, I think for the whole thing. Yeah, well, for the whole thing, it's it's a. Well, I mean, the whole camp, you know, single player campaign, yeah. Right. So yeah, as of this recording, uh, they'll show you when we're actually recording this, but we do see the librarian again in Spartan Ops. Yeah. So, that's uh, that will be very interesting to see when. Chief comes back out of this energy beam, whether or not he was teleported away or whatnot. Uh, Cortana's also there, so we have to assume that she probably had some kind of conversation with the librarian as well. And it, it makes, I guess it kind of makes me wonder, because if the librarian was able to af- affect Chief in a way that makes him immune to the composer you would almost think if she had that plan, she had something planned for Cortana. Uh, well, that maybe her rampancy was more of... I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a very interesting thing because they... You know, there's a... And then this is this is in another level. Um, but, you know, when he's... When Chief is putting Cortana into the system... Uh, and she's trying to help him. In fact, I think it's I think it's midnight. I think it's the the last level. Um, he puts her in, and Didact says, "Oh, this is what you've been hiding from me. This this evolved in Ancilla, and uh, and and I, you know, he's saying it like there's a there's definitely something very specific, very special about her. Um, so so I I agree because both." The didact and the librarian in, in in different levels specifically reference her. Yeah, so I'm I'm assuming something was done to her to either her rampancy is leading to something greater than what is projected to happen to a human made AI or something else that we probably have no idea about. Because I I think at this point it's a pretty good assumption to think that Cortana's going to be back in some way or form in the next games. I mean, we definitely don't know for sure, but there seems to be strong evidence to point towards that she will be back. 
me am, am I totally kind of speaking out of my my butt here? No, I I don't think so. I, I and that's a that's a weird you know Man, part no, of me don't. part part of me hopes that she doesn't come back. You know, it's like I don't want her. I don't. If she comes back, I think that's okay. Um, but it's it's like a very 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 fine line to tread because you have to make it worth the while you have to make it deservedly epic and you have to make it something that doesn't minimize the impact of of what happens to cortana at the end of halo 4 you know because right if it's like oh is this oh no oh no just kidding it's like oh that no it can't be that, it can't be cheesy like you know, that it's 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 got to be it's got to be something that adds you know you've got to be able to keep that the 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 weight of um you know of of where she ends up at the end of the game and you know and if you're going to bring her back again it's got to be something that that can slot beside that and and work with that without diminishing it agree so uh, to me i I'd, I'd be kind of surprised and disappointed unless they do it really really well uh if she showed up in five i would imagine that if she's going to show back up it'll be in six well i, I would assume there has to be some kind of hint of it at five. Oh yeah oh i'm i, I, I can't sure go that unannounced there, and wait till I'm, six I'm, I'm sure that there would be allusions to it basically um or, or maybe even a direct mission, you know, as far as not game mission, but a direct mission of uh, overarching objective to do something about it. You know, maybe we discover, oh, that there is a way to get her back or something like that, but not yeah. necessarily that we actually do get her back. And the funny thing is, I'm pretty sure the guys over at 343 are thinking this exact same thing right now. Okay, how's the best way to address yeah. this issue? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um. So... Yeah, getting back to the campaign part, once you hop out and grab Cortana, you're, you're faced with your first group of um, Prometheans there, and you those those are not too bad to take out. Uh, you can do a couple jetpack tricks if you still have the jetpack to kind of hop skip over some of the Promethean knights and crawlers, and then this is the part where Jeff mentioned earlier about the terminal, so... Once you go through the door on the other side of the 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 room, you go. Oh, to the that's r- right. Yeah, it was a lot later than that. Yeah. So once once you get out that door of the that room, you go to the right, and that's where the terminal is. And you normally go to the left. And a couple of rooms later, you you a door opens up to this big open cavern area, and then a slip space portal pops up, and that's where you jump yeah. through. Yeah. Yeah. You jump jump through that and right out into the. That this big open uh, kind of battle reminded me a little bit of uh, Tip of the Spear in uh, Reach. Um, okay, kind of. Yeah, and and, and mainly seems the fact a, of like little... like Tip of the Spear, you get you know you immediately start and and there's you know there's vehicles around, there's a lot you know there's enemies and everything. There's more vehicle play in this for certain. Uh, in fact, it's a, it's it's probably a little bit of a mix of Tip of the Spear and. Uh, uh, the arc, um, in Halo Three. Yeah. Okay. The arc would make a little bit more sense to me. So not not sure about Tip of the Spear, but the arc. Yeah, I can see that. 
Uh, and so this is pretty much the last area that you're going to have to worry about. There's a couple of tanks that are going to be you right there in front of too. you. Yeah, you can skip this as well. Yeah, and you can actually, I, mean, I think you can just, yeah, I think you could do, you know, like I ran straight, straight forward and grabbed a ghost. Uh, because you can actually get the ghost and you can, you know, do your little uh, door trick know, thing. Yeah, or you can jetpack up. Uh, if you get close to the shield generator, you know, the, the, the shield, you can actually jetpack up into the rocks uh, along the right and literally jump over the shield generator and just land on the other side. Right. The thing is, if you're doing that, you just got to watch out for the wraiths. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and that's why you would grab a ghost is to just get over there. Yeah, there's um, five, at least five wraiths, maybe six wraiths in this area. Yeah, there's a bunch. Um, if you do stay behind, though, and, and do it how the game intended it to do it, you just hop in a scorpion yeah. and then just, just mow through everyone that's there. It's really not that difficult to take them out. No, and it's really fun. Yeah. Like, in all honesty, it's 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 it is really fun in the Scorpion. I mean, dif- uh, difficulty wise, Legendary is definitely more challenging because you have that many wraiths shooting at you. It, it they're, they're going to make it hard for you to make sure you're going to stay alive. So just make sure you're kind of moving around in the tank. Uh, make sure you take out the ghosts because they will do a significant amount of damage to you, uh, and then take out the wraiths from a distance. Of course, are there Phantoms that come and drop things in here. I think there's a couple, but not many. Ah, there may be. I don't remember him dropping him at, in that last little encounter, but it could be. I think they drop him in the back area after you go around underneath the the rock arch to yeah. take out the two shield generators. Maybe there, but uh, take out the wraiths. Head on to the back. There's going to be uh, two shield generators there. There's a pair of hunters there too, I believe. Right? Yeah. So. Uh, just make sure as you're you're going through all that that you take out all the enemies while you're in the scorpion as or at least as much as you can. There's some with just how the generators are positioned where you just can't take them out with the tank. You just have to get out on foot. So run around, take out the shield generators, and then you can go through where the shield door was. And at the final part, you pick up one of the target locators that just is conveniently sitting right on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> and you target the... The gravity well, the which gravity looks well. awesome. So, gravity uh, well looks amazing. I, I, I really don't understand the whole little, you know, Call of Duty black and white, uh, you know, <laughs> we're well, not I think really just, guiding it in. <laughs> well, that, that's just very iconic militaristic stuff. That's not necessarily Call of Duty. If you look at the actual systems that they use for that, it is black and white. Just Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would have been cooler if you got to target it. Like, like if you targeted it and then it switched over and you were controlling like Infinity's guns and firing at it. So so you do actually have some control over the missile but yeah, it but, ends up hitting its target anyways. Yeah, that's what I'm saying like that's it's it's you know, it's like a quick time event that just says press any button to win. <laughs> <You know>? Exactly. <laughs> so a quick time event that all buttons appear on the screen and if you just press one you're fine, you know. I'm I'm still a little surprised it only took one missile to take out the gravity well you think foreigner tech is a little bit more uh what's yeah. the word i'm looking for um 
robust. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So anywho, uh, that pretty much ends the playable portion of this mission. There's one more cutscene, which is kind of an also, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily a huge game defining moment, but definitely a career defining moment for a chief in Cortana, I think. Yeah. And this is also one of the famous parts from the initial E3 uh, campaign demo release, the part where Cortana says, I'm not, I won't allow you to leave this planet. Yeah. And it's also, it was, um, it was shown off a lot in the, uh, uh, the Vidoc, the hero awakens Vidoc. Um, that, that was what they were showing the, um, the motion capture stuff. Yeah. Uh, but this cutscene is the one where Del Rio is telling the chief that they're basically going to bug out, kind of reassess the situation, and Chief and Cortana are like, no, if the didact leaves, the threat to humanity is going to be unimaginable. We need to address this here and now. And, of course, Del Rio does not take too kindly to that. Uh, and then that's when Cortana kind of uh, freaks out. Uh, Del Rio orders Lasky to pull the pull her chip and basically prep her for decommissioning. Instead, Chief, Chief grabs the chip, and then Del Rio starts to yell at Chief, and then Chief basically it's the best is <laughs> the best. Uh, Del, Del Rio I was is just like, watching that cutscene last night again. Yeah. Del, oh my goodness, he's like, give it to me, and he's like, no. <laughs> it's like he says, "I am ordering you to surrender that AI." Oh my god! And then no, Chief the steps up and he's like, <laughs> "No, sir." And he's like, "Arrest that man! Arrest him!" I was like, "What are you in the Goonies?" <laughs> yeah, it's like you're dealing with a Spartan here. Hello, <laughs> like in the newsies, you know, like, "Oh, arrest this man!" You know, like, <laughs> "Oh my gosh!" I'm like, what is what is this? You know, what's funny is Palmer's like, "I ain't touching that." <laughs> Was Palmer in this cutscene? Yeah, he, he, okay. he, yeah, Del Rio ordered Palmer to take Chief into custody. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh so she looks, I, at, she looks like, it's like, uh, what do you expect me to do? <laughs> and I, I like how when, when Del Rio is freaking out, Chief is just telling Lasky, when you get back to Earth, tell him what's happening. We're going to go out to the die deck. And he's just completely ignoring what Del Rio is doing. And then he walks off and Del Rio is just like, Blank stare, That's mouth open. It's like, what That's just happened? <laughs> so, I think by far, this is probably one of the most campaign defining missions oh, throughout yeah. the whole yeah, it's, Halo Force experience. Juicy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like with, with full pulp. Yeah. And that, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. And it's just, yeah, man. it was good that you were on for this one because I know a lot of our listeners really enjoy listening to you talk about the lore. We actually, um, <laughs> I from don't know our, who, who says that? <laughs> a lot of people, actually, from our survey, one of the biggest things we've gotten requests for is to have more podcasts about the Halo lore. And cool. your name has come up in a lot of places. Nice. nice. So, well, thanks. Thanks, listeners. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have a we'll have a string of podcasts probably in in the March April time frame where we'll just go great. just nerd out to the Halo Four campaign and well Salentium comes out in uh, in March so yeah and by then Spartan Offs will be done for season yeah. one so we'll we'll have plenty 
of oh, stuff yeah. to talk about when that time comes around for you guys. Absolutely. Um, one last thing I want to mention before we wrap this up is the campaign-specific achievement, and this one is called Mortardom. <sighs> yeah, it's not necessarily one of the most favorable, um, but the description here is to hijack a wraith and use it to kill at least four enemy wraiths on heroic or harder. And it's worth 20 gamer score. Now, you can do this pretty early on. Um, you can hijack that first wraith when you pick up the target locator and take it through the rest of the mission. There's a there's at least a, enough wraiths, and I actually did this with a friend, for two people to get the achievement in one run-through. Um, with the six wraiths at the very end, you can hijack one of the wraiths there, and you basically have to do it on co-op. It's impossible to do it single-player. Um if you're trying to do multiple people on it, but uh, you can, there's, since there's a six race there, you can do it there. The only thing is, if you do it at the very beginning parts, the you will have to take the wraith over the corrosive runs, and you ha- definitely watch some videos on the path to take for those, because they're tricky. Um, it will damage you while you're in the wraith. Uh, if you're, the wraith can touch the liquid, and it's fine. It's whenever your actual body how it sits in the wraith when it touches the stuff that's when you start to lose your shields so there there is a way to get across it uh in one piece it just is very difficult so um but if you're going for that achievement that's what you need to do is hijack a wraith and use it to kill at least four other enemy wraiths on heroic or harder so that's pretty much it unless you want to bring up any last tidbits no i, th- I think we pretty much uh knocked it out there's a uh, absolute blast talking about those great mission and uh, beautiful scenery. Big shout out to um, to uh, to Vic uh, over at three four three and and his crew who did an amazing job on the uh, the environment art for uh, for for Requiem. I know those are a lot of his rocks. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for coming on and Absolutely. talking about this this just lore-ridden mission. Heck yeah, man. And uh, we will see you guys on the next one, which is going to be Shutdown. So, see you guys cool. until then. See ya.